Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more, do more, and have more. I'm so excited about tonight's show, and let me give out the number in case you want to call in if you have any questions or concerns. Let me tell you, we have a, a big show lined up for tonight. My special guest is Brian Henderson, who will be with us shortly. Our topic is in the pursuit of happiness. Let me say that again. In the pursuit of happiness. The call-in number is 718-508-9600. Again, it's 718-508-9600. I was, I, as I, last week, as I thought about this week's show, I, I saw the movie, in pursuit of happiness, and I was thinking, you know, that would be a good topic for us to have our show and to talk about, you know, so that everybody will truly understand what it is that happened in that movie. And what I got from the movie is it wasn't at the end that the, the victory was given. It, that, that wasn't it. The victory was given in his pursuit. And what I did was I looked up... Uh, it was his perseverance in the pursuit as he was going after his goal. And, and he was in the valley, so to speak, as he was struggling and suffering. He was losing everything. But one thing he did, he, 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 he kept that, I believe I can do this kind of thing. And, and what I got from it was, you know what? The Bible truly says it is impossible to please God without faith. And as, and as I kept watching this movie, it, it wasn't... The, the happiness that stood out to me, it was the pursuit. Because when you pursue, that is your victory. You won't pursue unless you believe that you could do something. So, again, I say it, it was in the pursuit. And when you're out there following your dreams and you're following your goals, you're going to take hits. You're going to suffer. And, and, and you're just going to have to know that you're going to have to keep fighting and keep fighting until you get where you want to be. And as you're fighting through that, that's your faith working. And every obstacle that comes to you, if you keep fighting, you'll get past it. And that's all it is. It's just there to slow you down. It's not there to stop you. And, and a lot of times our obstacles are there to actually propel us to bigger things. It's our attitude, I would say, the way we deal with things when, when we're in that pursuit. But just keep, just keep fighting and stay with it, and I'm sure we, we'll, we'll get to that ending point uh, just like there was in the movie. I think I have a caller on the line. Is this, is this Charles? Caller? Well, I guess, that, I guess that's not Charles. But, but again, it's, it's in that pursuit. And when I looked up uh, perseverance, what I got was the act of continuing an activity without interruption. The act of continuing an activity without interruption. Brian, are you there? I'm here. Brian, Brian. It's our special guest, Brian Henderson. Brian, what did you get out of the movie uh, In the Pursuit of Happiness or In Pursuit of Happiness? What did you get from that? Or did you hear uh, the very first thing that I said about uh, the pursuit of happiness? Actually, I heard what you said, and you're exactly right. Um, it was more about what he was pursuing and that he actually had the perseverance to stay at it, you know, to, to continue on working towards that particular goal that he set for himself. Right. And so it wasn't an actually it wasn't actually the fact that he achieved his goal, it was the fact that he actually kept working towards it. Right. Right. So that that you know, I want to make it clear to our callers and our listeners, that when you're when you're going after your goals and in your dreams, when you when it's that pursuit. Again, that's where your victory is. It don't seem like it at the time. And Brian, have you have you ever been in a position where you was trying to do something, but all these forces and everything else was coming against you? Did you have you ever experienced that? I mean, I experienced that today. Even uh, the day you asked me to do the show, I I, I had to deal with all these outside forces that were, you know, trying to impede, you know, the fact that I was going to be on here tonight. I mean, even 
uh, right before my show started, I was talking with my cousin, and his girlfriend's little brother just got arrested. And so, you know, she was at my house, and she's upset about it, and she's crying. And, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, i got to do my show in a few minutes, but I understand your pain, but, you know. And so there, there are a lot of things that you, that you deal with when you're in that pursuit, you know, that are obstacles that try to stop you. But, you know, the victory in that is that you continue on, you press on. Right, right. And, you know, I want to get into sufferings, but, but uh, you know, we'll, we'll get into sufferings in, in just a bit. I heard you say somebody was going through something. I have a good friend of mine, Charles, on the other line. Charles, are you there? I'm here, Greg. How are you doing today? How are you doing? And uh, l- l- let me introduce Charles. Charles is a good friend of mine, and I-, I see him all the time. We work out in the same gym. And let me tell you what. He, he is a person that that I say is in pursuit I mean, really, really in pursuit, and and Charles is. I'll let him tell you a little about a little about what he, what it is that he's doing. And Charles, let me ask you this: When you started your business, what were some of the things that came up against you? And I know, I know, in your mind, when you when you started doing it, some of the things were you can't do this. And I know you heard those, you know, those voices or whatever. And you may have heard some people that talked against what you were trying to do. How, how did you deal with that? How, how did you stay focused to pursue what it is that you're doing? Well, Greg, the main thing I, I really had to do for myself is to get a reason for doing the business. That's my why. Yes. And my reason why was that I want to quit, quit my job and go into the ministry. Okay. Okay, because I, I believe that God wants me to, to do this, and therefore if God gave it to me, I can't let it go. Right. Okay. My main reason is that, I want to please. I want to really go out and share my faith with other people. I need to be free from my my regular job. Right. Right. Okay. So so when you so basically what you're saying is you, you, this is something that God wants you to do. So are you saying this is your calling? Well, this is not my calling. The the business. My calling is the the ministry. But God used the business. I work for a company called Tahija Noni. Okay. And, it, and I prayed about this about three years ago. I said, God, I need a way to quit my job and go into ministry. A month, a month later, this came my way. I said no to it, and then I saw what the prophet was doing for my, for, my, for my business partner, and I knew right then this was the answer to my prayers. So once I knew God was on my side, I knew I had to do it. Okay, okay. And you know what? It's in that pursuit. What would you say about the pursuit? As you, when you, when you made up in your mind, you made that that decision. Okay, this is what I'm going to do. What 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 was your mindset in in that pursuit? Was there a time that you wanted to just say, you know what, I can't do this? What was it that pushed you to the point where you say, okay, you know what, I can I can actually do this. And God, I know you have my back. Was there a time that you you? You had to struggle with with not being able to do what you thought that you could do. Well, the ma- the main uh, reason why most people don't fail in business because their mind is not programmed to to succeed. Most people are taught to go to school, get a job, and work work for somebody else. Right. We're not taught to think this way. So what I had to do I had to get, read some books, mm-hmm. you know, to help my mind, you know, train train my mind to do what I needed to do. You know, a lot of times, like one of my my uh, coworkers told me that I couldn't couldn't do it. That the product I had was a was a snake oil. Mm-hmm. You know, just negative people around you. Right, right. You know, some people are so negative they walk they walk through a dark room, they will develop. Okay, <laughs> so you got to get away from those not negative people. Right, right. You know, so the the key though really is to have your reason why, to set your goals, and a time frame to uh, to achieve your goals. Right. And then what I like to do too is every morning. I would I would um, read my goals to myself, even out loud, and then maybe before I go to bed, I'll go to bed. I'll read my goals also, okay. just keeping my goals in my mind. Okay, stay focused on my on my mission. Okay, and you know what? I think Brian has something. Brian, I, I think you were doing something with the pursuit. You were telling me a few minutes ago, and you and you tied it all in with the Declaration of Independence. And, and I mean, you blew me away when you, when you when you said it. So. Uh, Explain that. How, how did you how did you come up? How did you tie all that in? Well, before I say that, I want to I want to um, comment on what Charles said because it was very important what he said. He talked when he what he talked about was being persistent and cur- consistent. 
And the, it's the fact that most people are not consistent when it comes to a, go, uh, going after their goals because they get sidetracked, they get short-sighted, and they don't look at that goal as being something that's completely achievable. And so they waste their time trying to figure out how am I going to get my goal achieved instead of trying to achieve the goal that they set. And so the, the thing that he said was he was consistent. In the morning he read his goals. At night he read his goals. And he was also persistent. He knew that this was something he had to do to achieve a larger goal that he had set for himself, and that was the ministry. So thanks, Charles. I appreciate that because you confirmed something that I that I go through all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think that's something that we all go through, Brian. Um, but what I was doing when I did my research on um, – on the pursuit of happiness, I first started out in the Bible, and um, I like I like to premise that because I am a believer, I have strong faith, and so I started out in the Bible and I just looked up the word happy, and I only found the word happy probably about maybe twenty five thirty times in the Bible, something along along that number, and then I looked up joy, and I found it you know a, a variation of it whether it was joy or enjoy or joyful over 200 times in the Bible. So I said, well, wait a minute. People are in pursuit, in the pursuit of happiness, but they're not in the pursuit of joy. And so I looked up the word happiness, <laughs> you know, just to, to, to kind of get a, a better understanding of it. And it says happiness is an emotional or affective state that is characterized by feelings of enjoyment and satisfaction. As a state and a subject, it has been pursued and commented on extensively throughout world history. So that means it's temporal. Is that what you're saying? Right, right. And the thing about joy, joy is, is something that God gives you. Because, see, happiness is something that's temporary. It's temporal. But joy is something that God, God gives you. It's eternal, so it lasts forever. See, even through suffering, you can have joy. It said the fruit of the Spirit, and I think that's Galatians 5.22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, and faith. So if you can have, you know, a fruit of the Spirit being long-suffering, a suffering, long, and have joy in that, that means you can go through an emotional state of suffering and still have joy. So joy can't really be a, a regular emotion. Because you can have joy and be suffering, or you can have joy and have meekness. You know, you understand what I'm. You, yes, yes, I told you. Following. I okay, yes. good, good. And so I said, well, what is this thing, the pursuit of happiness? What does it? What does it really mean? And so I, I thought about the fact that in the Declaration of Independence, it says we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator with certain unalienable rights. That among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. And so I said, well, wait a minute. Why did our forefathers write this Declaration of Independence and put those three titles, you know, those three, those three things in the Declaration? You know, why was it so important that they have life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness in their Declaration of their Independence from Britain? And see, Britain was oppressing them. Britain was taxing, you know, the the, uh, the states, and they were being oppressed financially, physically, emotionally, socially. You know, they were being oppressed. So they said, we have to declare independence from them. And so they said, the first thing we have to be is independent from the lifestyle or the life that they are living, because they didn't like the way that Britain was living and putting their, you know, putting their belief systems into the states. They didn't like the fact that they had no true liberty. And so they said, and then they didn't like the fact that they could not pursue happiness. Now, they were pursuing something that was temporal or temporary that wasn't going to last all the time. That's why you can't just pursue it. You have to be in, in the pursuit of it. You know what? I think that's where a lot of us lose it. it we, 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 we have dreams. We have goals. We try to do things. 
But I think it's in that pursuit that's where we lose it. And right now, I have on the I have on the line uh, the mighty woman of God. Her name is Janet Draper out of St. Louis. Janet, are you there? Yes, I am. Good evening, tell, everyone. Tell me, tell me, Janet, what does pursuit mean to you? I know that you have your own business. You're, you're stepping out on faith. You're doing a couple of things that that's just amazing. I, I won't tell it. I'll let you do that. <laughs> but what you know, after listening to Charles and after listening to Brian, what what is your take on being in the pursuit of happiness? Well, first and foremost, when you think of the word pursuit, you think of haste. You think of pressing. You think when you first hear the word pursuit, you always can close your eyes and picture a race. There's always with a race. There's always a beginning. There's always a middle, and there's always an end. But when you begin in a race, and I used to run track in high school. I used to, I still do a little running now, but not as much as I used to. But the thing they taught us is I never really ran track. I ran cross country. And the key to cross country is because that's a longer pursuit to get to the finish line, you're supposed to pace yourself. And pacing yourself is very important, I believe, Brian and Charles, and you too, Greg, can agree, especially in starting a business, is that you have to pace yourself. You have to know. You have to lay out your goals. That's true. You have to have your business plan together. That's true. But you also have to be aware that there is always something that is going to try to interfere or distract you from reaching the goal that you have, which is to have a successful business. Um, Me, personally, just a quick blurb about myself, I am a transitional specialist at St. Louis Job Corps Center where I assist young ladies and young gentlemen. Once they complete their classes at Job Corps, I help them find the resources to actually have them to adjust to everyday life. Wow. When they begin... When they get that piece of paper saying that they have completed everything that was required of them in Job Corps, they began their pursuit of life. But it's not just life. We call it self-sufficiency. That's what the government calls it, quote-unquote, self-sufficiency. I prefer to tell them you're on a pursuit of God's sufficiency. Okay. There's a difference between self-sufficiency and God-sufficiency. So you're going you're going back to the race. You're going back to the race. And you know what? It's so funny. Brian and I were talking today. Brian, I think you had a scripture that explains the race. It talks about the race that we're all in. All right. Let me find it. Let me find it. I actually just I was flipping through another scripture that Janet made me think about. Let me go back to it. I believe it's First <laughs> Corinthians three fourteen. Why? Why? Why you're fine? And why you have it? Yes, I'm here. No, no, Brian, do you have it? Are you almost, 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 almost. Real, real close, real quick. Um, Charles, Charles, are you there? Yeah, Greg, I'm here. Okay, Charles, when 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 you are in this pursuit, and you start seeing the the works of your labor, you're going out, you're doing your thing. When you start seeing the, seeing the fruits come in. What what type of feeling do you get when you say, okay, I'm actually doing something that I know that I could do? What what, what type of feeling do you get? Well, I get a feeling of that. Hey, I'm on the right track. That I'm that I'm here. I'm doing I'm doing the right thing. I have a plan, and I see myself even going beyond where I am today. I see myself leaving my job. I see myself going in ministry. I see this is the plan that God's given me to get the job done. So I have a vision. You have a vision in order to get the thing done. So you have a, a vision is the key. And you know what? Okay. When you say vision, it, it's it's kind of, and, and I think this is something that all of us will run into, because when God gives you a vision, he only gives it to you. And other people can't really see. When they see you pursuing something, and they see you going at it with all your heart, sometimes they'll question, why why do you do that? And you try to, no matter how hard you try to explain, you can't. You can't really explain it to them because they can't see your vision. Is that something that you you had to deal with, Charles? 
Oh, yeah, all the time. Matter of fact, uh, there's a, a saying that if you can't change the people around you, then change the people around you. Because some of your friends are so negative and they, they're cutting your, your vision down, you got to get away from them. If you, if you don't, you become like them. Wow. Okay, so Charles, may I ask a question? Sure. Okay. Um, I'm just exactly going along the lines with what Greg just mentioned. Another issue that I have come across, and I'm quite sure you may have also come across too, what about family members? You can't change your family members. Well, the, with, with family, sometimes you don't spend like maybe 30 minutes with them. So you spend the whole day with your family, <laughs> negative. <laughs> you got to be the example for your family. Mm-hmm. Once you're successful, guess what? Your family comes come, come towards you for what? They won't be doing you, what you're doing now. Oh, you, you're successful? What are you, what's, he, what's he doing? Oh, yeah. I want to do it, too. Before, they were negative. Mm-hmm. Around them, you become negative, too. So spend maybe instead of a whole day with your family or uh, three hours, spend maybe 30 minutes. And then sometimes you don't have to talk to them at all. It's, it's okay. You let them know you still love them, but you got a, you got a mission to do. you got a mission. And that's sometimes. so that, – Charles, you know what? I'm so glad that you said that because you are on a mission when you're in pursuit because you okay. have to be focused because so many people – are looking at you to fail. Right. They see you doing it, but they can't understand it. To them, it's foolishness. You know, you, so many things will be thrown at you. If you don't believe me, follow your dreams and watch what happens. Mm-hmm. Thank you, you. You will be attacked in ways that you cannot believe, and especially when you're out there doing a service for people. When you're out there doing what you're doing, Janet, with the children, Oh, my God. And, Charles, when you're out there doing the things that you're doing with helping people live, you know, get their lives, uh, bodies and everything a little bit more healthy, and just like when Brian and I, we go around speaking in jails and detention centers and prisons and we do all of this stuff, let me tell you, I am attacked all the time. And I'm telling you, it's nothing like being on that journey and that mission trying to you're in, when, when you're in pursuit for something that you want so bad mm-hmm. that no one else can understand it. And sometimes, you know what, it is a lonely, lonely journey because you feel like sometimes you're just out there by yourself. And, Brian, did you find that scripture on the race? Because I think, I that, will, I think, I think that will sum it up pretty much and explain it all. Yeah, it's uh, 1 Corinthians 9 and 24, and it says, Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run that ye may obtain. And now what that says for me is, you know, I may not win the race, but I'll definitely lose if I don't try to win, if I don't run. <laughs> you know, and, and it, I mean, that, that just sums it up for me. If I don't run the race, I automatically lose. But if I do run it and I run to win, there's a either a hundred percent chance that I could win it or a hundred percent chance that I could lose it. You know, it's a hundred percent definitely if I don't run. You know, and I think that's that that's what the problem is with most people when they see that they when they don't see the end the uh, the finish line as fast as, or or they see somebody getting ready to cross the finish line before they do, they stop running. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, but but the the truth is, everybody that runs across that finish line wins. You may not come in first, you know, but you still win because the winning is not in the fact that you crossed the finish line. The winning is the fact that you decided that you were going to finish. Exactly. If you're just joining in, you're listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to help others be more do more, and have more. If you have any questions or comments that you want to call in, please do. The phone number is 718-508-9600. That's that's 718-508-9600. Let me ask you guys, and just feel free to, to jump in. Why is there a temptation to focus on our own strength rather than focusing on God's strength while we're in pursuit. 
you know, we we have this thing that we feel that we our our way is best. I'll just do it this way. I'll do it that way. So why 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 is that temptation there for us to focus on the strength that we think that we have rather than uh, God's strength? I think it. Oh, this is Brian. I think it's uh, it's ego. Oh. You know, and and you know, ego, according to Greg, is edging God out. <laughs> you know, I had to take that from you. <laughs> I use that. You know, you edging God. You're edging God out. You're you're thinking that what I know how to do in my my strength. You know, we always try to say what we have and what we do, and who can stick their chest out the furthest. And we believe that that's sufficient to do things that, you know, that we would never be able to do by ourselves. And so I, I really truly believe that's that's really the reason why, you know, it's it's ego. Yes. Let me say this. You know, we, all of us want happiness. We we hear about it all the time. We see people talking about how happy they are. We hear about I mean, Actually, we hear them talking about it, and we see uh, things happening like tomorrow's the NFL draft. A lot of these kids are going to come from nothing and, and walk into millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. This is this is this is my thing. How can you know happiness if you don't know suffering? Exactly. You know, if, if you if you never suffer, which none of us ever want to do, we don't we don't we don't like to suffer. So, with that being said, I'm going to ask this question: What kind of mindset can help carry us through life's Difficulties. If I can touch on that for a moment, um, sure. like I said, when I deal with the students that I deal with, they usually come to me with quote unquote issues. And when I say issues, they have their own personal situations that they usually bring them to me before they're graduating from the program. Well, I need this issue fixed before I'm ready to go out to the real world. The thing I tell them is that it's not the point of you having this issue solved or whatever. You have to know that as you step out, there are going to be obstacles regardless because if there weren't obstacles, if there weren't trials, if there weren't tribulations, you wouldn't have a sense of pride. You wouldn't have a sense of achievement once you overcame those obstacles. And that kind of goes along with what Greg is saying, because how can you have joy? How can you have jubilation? How can you have celebration if you haven't had a time where you've had to suffer or if you haven't had a time in which you had to deal with situations? Because I can basically, I'll do my testimony in a quick blurb. Um, I was raised in my in a broken home. My mother um, married my stepfather when I was a very young age. My father's a preacher. My grandfather's a preacher. Um, I lived back and forth between my mom and my grandmother's house all the way up through senior year of high school. I did my first year of college, got pregnant my first year of college, did not have anything, and I did not want to stay with my grandmother. So I had to swallow my pride and my ego and live with the family through a program that was going to assist me in getting housing down the line. So spent that time, and there's one thing I could say. You don't appreciate things until you've actually had everything taken away from you, and you're starting over and building over from scratch. And I could say that, and I know people who've gone through Katrina and things of that nature, but long story short, um, I managed to get a place of my own. I managed to marry the father of my child. We had three other, two other children. I'm giving myself an extra child. <laughs> we had two other children. Mm. We were both quite we were successful, you know, middle class family. Um, then God called me into the ministry a few years ago. I accepted my call in the ministry. Just as I accepted my call in the ministry. I had a complete career change. I went from administrative duties back into social services. And I'm like, okay, Lord, uh, hello. This is not what I wanted. I thought you wanted me to preach. I thought you... He was like, this is where your ministry is. And so, like I said, long story short, 
in the birthing of me switching careers. My ministry was birthed, number one. Number two, he not only birthed my ministry, he birthed businesses out of me and in the process of birthing an organization. Now, if you would have told me three years ago that I would be in the ministry or that I would be pursuing my own business or that I would even be pursuing an organization and applying for 501c3 status, I would have thought you were crazy. Because at the point I was three years ago, I was at a dead-end administrative job. I didn't think I was going to make it any further. Started feeling sorry for myself. Started hearing the voices around me. You should have. How come you didn't? Until I actually heard the voice of God who said, I am, I am your strength and your weakness. I had to get to the point where it wasn't about Janet anymore. And it was like, okay, God, it's all up to you. Do what you got to do. You know what? I think um, that's one of the the big issues is when we're we're going through sufferings, we tend to think that we're not supposed to go through it. Mm -hmm. We tend to think that we're being punished for something that we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. And with that, Charles, let me ask, if, if you could tell the listeners, Something about the pursuit of what they should look for and what they should look forward to and, and how they should focus and what type of mindset that they should have when pursuing their, their goals and their dreams or whatever it is that they want to do. What type of mindset do you think they should have? Well, the main mindset have is a mindset of determination, that I've got to get this done, either do this or die kind of attitude, Okay. And one thing also I want to say is that you got to be prayed up. And you got to pray to God about the situation because, see, we think we, we, we're doing it our way, but God has it going to do it his way. Okay. And so the key is having the right mindset, praying about it, and being around, again, being around positive people, reading positive books, and um, just praying about it. A lot of times, like, you, you can be praying about something. And I'm telling you, you might, might try to go out and get something done by yourself, but your, your way is not going to work. And you come home, there's a message on the phone saying, hey, I'd like to, to look at your business. Somebody you never even know, but God was working something while you were trying to do it your way. So key, I believe, is having determination, uh, 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 trusting God, and just saying that I'm going to get this done or die trying. So what you're saying is it's it's nothing that we can do in our own strength. It's we we can't lean on our own understanding when we're trying to well actually when we're in pursuit of of happiness or our goals or our dreams. It's something that that we can't do ourselves. We have to basically turn it all over to Him. Is that what you're saying? You got to. You can't do it by yourself. You think you are. You got to give it to God. You got to pray about it. You got to fast about it. And then guess what? You got you, you can't quit. See, I believe with this opportunity I have, God gave it to me. It's like it's like me giving my son or my daughter something. I said, I said, son, take this here and use it for the business. And my son takes this op- this object and throws it away. That's how God that's how God feels towards me. If I say, God, this ain't not what, what I want. I want to do it another, another way. We can't tell God how to bless us. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We gotta. Stay focused, and you can never give up. And when you do quit, guess what? You quit quitting yourself, you quit your dreams, you quit your future. That's true. That's true. And, you know, it, and like I said, it's in the pursuit. That's where our victory is. I really believe that because, like I said before, we really, really hate to have to suffer. But, you know, I was reading in James, first chapter, second through the fourth verse. James said that we should consider it pure joy, my brothers, Whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance must finish its works so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. And I was looking up consider, consider, consider. Consider means to greet. And, you know, you sit back and you're thinking, how in the world can I greet suffering? Well, there was four things that stood out to me that, that came to me that Suffering, four things that suffering will do for us. It gives Jesus a chance to get glory. It's also a chastening tool to make us holy. 
And, you know, suffering fits us for the ministry of sympathy. And it also turns our attention toward heaven. Brian, when is when there been a time that you suffered and you just knew, you know what, I can come out of this on my own. I don't need anybody to tell me how to do this. I'm not reading the Bible. I'm not listening to this preacher. I'm not doing this. When have you ever been in the valley, I mean deep, deep in the valley, where you just beat down and you just looked up to heaven and said, Lord, you know what, I just need, I just need you to heal my soul? Wow. I think that, ha- that had to be uh, the year of 2006. I think that's uh, just last year. And part of it was I was uh, involved in a ministry. Um, I'm not a minister myself, but I was involved in a ministry where my spirit warred against what the ministry was teaching because in my spirit I felt that that, that was that wasn't where God wanted me to be, and that wasn't what God wanted me to learn. But at the same time, he was preparing me for, you know, the work that he would have me do. You know, and so even in even during that preparation, I kept saying, well, I can handle it. I can take it. I can handle it. I can take it. And the whole time, you know, I, I believe the devil... While he had, while I was in that particular place, the devil basically was trying to have his way with me, you know, because I felt myself being pulled away from the biblical truths that I grew up learning, and I was learning and what I believe to be an unsound doctrine. And so, once I finally left that ministry and joined up with another, that immediately it felt like a, a a ton of bricks were just lifted off my back. And I actually began to receive and revive myself. Because, I mean, because physically and spiritually I suffered. You know, I, I, I'd never, I, well, I won't, say, I won't say I've never. Up until this year, I had, I had not gone to the emergency room for pretty much anything for myself, you know. And I ended up in the emergency room, you know, and it was because I was physically suffering from, I was physically suffering from spiritually suffering. See, and and most people don't understand that. When When you spiritually suffer, your body takes a toll. It takes a toll on your body physically. And so... Because I was spiritually suffering, I started to physically suffer because that spirit and that body, uh, while we're here on earth, they're one. And so they're, 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 there's like a symbiotic relationship between that, that body and that spirit. And so if you're physically suffering, you can also spiritually suffer and vice versa. If you're spiritually suffering, you're, you physically suffer. And so I, I actually went through a period where I was having a physical you know, manifestation of spiritual spiritual suffering. Wow. And I thought I could fix it myself. I'm trying remedies. I was trying to, you know, well, maybe I need to lose a couple pounds. Well, maybe I need to do this. And the whole time it was I needed to fix my spirit. And wow. I was in the wrong hospital. <laughs> yeah. Well, Terry, let me ask you this. So we have Terry Brock, our co-host, she's, She's she's joined us, and Terry, I I have a a question for you. Are you there? Yes, I'm here. Terry, you know, you and I we talk all the time, and we talk about sufferings, we talk about dreams, and we talk about children, and we talk about foundations. We pretty much discuss everything. Mm-hmm. My question for you is, what what else would you compare suffering to besides a storm? What would you compare? That too. Besides a storm. Besides a storm. Wow. Let's see. Or basically, what has happened in your life that you can compare it to besides a storm? Because hmm. you know, suffering don't always mean that uh, mean uh, negative. It don't mean that. I mean, it's, it's a lesson in it. 
So that's what I mean when I say besides a storm. What 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 happened good out of your suffering? What did what did you pull from it? Well, the word that, that comes to mind is healing. In my case, uh, some of you already know part of my testimony is that um, as a teenager, I was diagnosed with childhood form of leukemia, so I had to go through chemotherapy and the whole process of losing my hair and and missing school and everything that comes with having uh, that type of illness. And just going back to what you guys were talking about a few moments ago, you asked the question. The first question I remember asking God was, why me? Why do I have to go through this? I'm a good person. You know, I follow what you say. Why does this have to happen to me? I didn't understand why I had to suffer you know, the things that I had to go through. But through that process, if I hadn't have gone through that, I wouldn't be as close to God as I am now. That was a time where even though my body was going through physical changes and challenges and suffering because I was really sick, um, at the same time, my soul and my spirituality, my relationship with God was being healed. I was learning things that I couldn't have learned, I think I couldn't have learned, had I not gone through that process. So while suffering, I was also healing at the same time. Wow. So how how old were you when you were going through this? I was 15. I had just started high school. I was a freshman going through all that, those changes that that, that, that comes with that. And going through this at the same time, I had to go through that. Basically, the whole time I, th- I was going through high school, right before I graduated high school is when uh, my chemotherapy ended and I stopped that. So that was an ongoing process for a while. How, what What was the first thing that came to your mind when you when you were diagnosed with with, with this? What 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 was the first thing that you said to yourself? What was it? What What did you say? Uh, like I said, the first question was, why me? Why? You know, my mom, I was talking with my mother about this the other day, and she said she because she was there with me when I got the news, of course. And I was crying, and I asked, I asked her, but I was asking her and God at the same time, why do bad things have, have to happen to good people? I'm a good person. Why do I have to go through this? Why do I have to be the one who gets sick? And... I just couldn't understand. I had tried to be a good person and do the things that God says you should do in the Word. And I just, I guess at that time I felt like if you did that, you wouldn't have to suffer the hard things of life. So you were, so you were basically asking God, why is it that he allowed the godly to suffer? Right. Exactly. And what... Throughout the process, what he what he showed me was good things and bad things happen to good and the not so good people. And how old were you? I think you said you were fifteen. I was fifteen. You they know, just turned fifteen. And you know, one thing about life, life will life will do two things. Life will either make you bitter, or life will make you better. Mm-hmm. And at the age of fifteen, you you did. I mean. You wasn't bitter. I, I, I don't. I don't sense that from you. I don't what, get me. What? Don't get me wrong. I was angry at first. I mean, I didn't. There was a, a thin line between fear and anger, and I kept going across that line. I was wondering. I I had the sense that I wouldn't make it to see my sixteenth birthday, mm-hmm. and then at the same time, there was this push something that was pushing me forward saying you can do this if you if you don't rely on yourself if you let me take over then you know and get you through this so i i learned to lean so much more on god because up until that point i was used to being the strong one i was used to being the one who could shoulder everything and handle everything myself i don't need any help you need help, you come to me, you know, God, oh, you're busy, let me go ahead and handle this for you type of thing. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, you know, um, 
it, it, it's so I'm so glad that you're you're explaining this because Brian and I just last week we were talking about um, his father that passed not too. Uh, how long was that, Brian? How long oh, was it's that? been it's been seven years. Okay, and yeah, we were talking about that, and Brian went on to tell me that you know it, it, it was a tough time in in his life. It was so hard, you know, when we're dealing with death and we're dealing with losing loved ones, especially our mom and our dad. You know that. That's one of the times that we, that's the worst suffering that we, you know, that you ever can even imagine. So, Brian, when you, and you're talking seven years ago, now you're married and you have children. Mm-hmm. How in the world did you, uh, how did you deal with that? Well, it's funny because, you know, even though I felt, you know, pain and sorrow, I've never cried about uh, the fact that he died. Because my father, he was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And he lived for about, I think, either 10 or 11 years after his first diagnosis. And he had several surgeries where they would go in, take some out, go in, take some out. And each one of those surgeries left him with, you know, more debilitating issues, like he had uh, short-term memory loss. Um, At points he couldn't drive, you know, that type of thing. And so each time he would have a surgery, it would, it, you know, we could notice a difference. And one day he just decided, he said, I'm not having any more surgeries. He said, there are a couple things that I want to do in my life, and then I will consider my life fulfilled, and I'll be at peace with myself. And, you know, we couldn't understand, well, he, what do you mean, <laughs> you know? You know, and he had this talk with my brother and I. He said, I want to buy a car. I want to go to Canada and see Niagara Falls. And after that, I'll be happy. And we were like, that's it? That's all you want to do? And, you know, I say that to say he understood the pursuit of happiness was just temporary. And so in in his mind, he was going after something that was eternal, which you know, when he passed, he believed that he was going to heaven. You know, he believed in Jesus Christ. He believed he was going to heaven. So he, he understood the fact that the pursuit of happiness is something that's just temporal. It's just temporary. So he said, well, I'm going to get, you know, done with these temporary things, and then I'm going after the real, the, the real pursuit. So Brian, you know, you real... were, so, Brian, when this happened, when your father passed, mm-hmm. you were in the pursuit of happiness in your life, too. Am I correct? To an extent, because at that time, see, I was still a young man, you know, and I didn't really understand the whole concept of pursuing happiness. See, my 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 idea of of pursuing happiness back then was, hey man, let's go to the club, you know, hey, let's go have some fun. That was my pursuit of happiness. And again, you know, so. You have you have a situation where everybody's pursuit of happiness is different because everybody understands you know, like every not everything that makes you happy may make me happy. So our pursuit of happiness may be different. We may pursue it the exact same way, but our you know, but what we pursue and what we consider uh happiness could be completely different. Because you have to remember Happiness is an emotional response to, 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 you know, some outside factor that when you come in contact with it, it creates an, you know, that particular emotional response from you. So you know what? You know I what, might what? get happy. Yeah, I'm You fine. know what? Charles said something that was so profound. He said that we have to know why we're pursuing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. When, so, Charles, when you started your business and you started your ministry, did you know why up front? That I was doing ministry or my other business? Both. Do you, do you know why you're in the pursuit for both? Well, with the ministry, I knew I was born to do this. Someone within me said, Charles, this is a, like, for example, I, I, I'm going to be working mainly with uh, salvation issues in, in the church. Mm-hmm. And I know for a fact, this is a major problem in the churches, right? Right. And I, and I was, and I'm, I'm being called to do this. I know within my heart, God had chosen me, and I thank God for that. 
to, to be called to do this. So I'm just I knew God gave me the, the message or the or the or the, um, or the goal to do this. And then with the the business, I, I'm saying I prayed about it. I said God, show me a way that I can quit my job and go in the ministry. Because when you work when you go to ministry, you gotta have money, right? Yeah. Mm. Money. So I said God, I need some money to do your will. And sure enough, man, within a, a month, He showed me the, a, a great opportunity, and I had to jump on it. So I knew it was God's plan. So when you when you're praying. And you and you and you giving God the credit, and you're looking for for clues and visions, and and you look for signs. God will show them to you. You just gotta recognize them. So Charles, when 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 you knew this, did you? I hear a lot of people say all the time, you know what? I knew a long time ago that I was supposed to do this, but I but I but I I ran from it. Were, were you afraid of stepping up and saying, okay, this is what He wants me to. This is what I was born to do. Were you afraid to uh, to, to to greet it? Well, I would have to say no and yes. But the, the, I, I was listening to a guy, he was my mentor. He said the word fear means false evidence appearing real. Okay? Yes. A lot of times we're afraid of things that never will happen. Okay? But I felt within me that I wasn't ready yet. I told God, when, when I'm ready to go, you will show me the way. You open the doors that can't be shut. That's how I felt about it. See, God knew. I knew I had to take care of my family. I said, God, I said, God, I need a way to take care of my family. Now, some people could quit their jobs and they'll go into ministry. They'll, they'll do that. My faith wasn't that strong enough to do that. Okay, I, I wasn't ready for that situation. So I said, God, I need an opportunity. Show me a way that I can basically have enough money coming in and do your ministry at the same time. So I'll wait for God to do his thing. I'll, I'll pray about it. It's been over 20 years. <laughs> That's a long time to wait. Wow. So you were seeking him the entire time, and just knowing you were seeking him, and you and you knew, without a doubt, you knew that he was going to show you what you needed to do. Oh yeah, I knew. I got baptized in nineteen. Um, how long ago was that? <laughs> Eighty-two. <laughs> okay. And when I got baptized, I was at that point. I was very concerned about salvation even then. Okay, I would go out. I would go out and still do things. For, the, for God, but I couldn't do it full time. So I told God, I need more time for your ministry. I can't work and do this at the same time. So, But all the time, I always was doing things for the ministry of, of salvation. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. So finally, what I did, I said, God, you don't have to, I can, I'm going to, if I never quit my job, I'm going to go out and, and do more for you anyway. So I started doing, spending more time in my ministry of, of, of trying to help people find God the right way. And I'm telling you, once I started doing that, God saw my face. Then he gave me a way that I can now, within the next one, one or two years, I'm going to quit my job and go into ministry full time because my faith are going out there first. And God saw my faith, and therefore he's going to bless me even more. Yep. He said in his word, seek and you shall find. That's right. Seek and you shall find. So... How many of these questions for anybody that's that's out here that's listening? Uh, since we have this access to God, what keeps us from interacting with Him? We know we have access to Him. We know, and we hear all the time. Uh, we, we heard Charles' testimony. We heard Janice. We heard Terry. Terry was was she didn't think she was going to make it to the age of sixteen. And we we hear all these wonderful things, but now that we we have this access to God, and we know we have it, what is that thing, that one thing that's stopping us from interacting with Him? What is what is that one thing? Yes. Person, the problem is that we're so busy. We got to work. We got a family. We got kids. We going. We got to work out. We can find everything to do but to pray to pray to God or read His Word. So the, the key there is again, set down your goals. I want to spend X amount of time with God. Mm-hmm. I want to spend X amount of time share my faith. Mm-hmm. We gotta write those goals down and then do it. But the problem is definitely we're so busy as a, as a people that we sometimes forget about God. Wow. Brian, what were you about to say? I was gonna say I think. Uh... It's, it's actually what he said before, fear. <laughs> you know, they're afraid to actually step out on faith. You know, I mean, even with with Greg, with what Greg and I do, when we go into jails and go into prisons, 
and talk to uh, the kids. There's a possibility that maybe one of those kids is angry, and they could, or someone in there is angry, and they could decide that they want to take their anger out on us. You know, but we're not afraid. I've never been afraid to go and talk to kids. I'll talk to anybody who will listen. You know, and but some people are afraid. You know, I do uh, HIV testing and and counseling, and so I go and basically I, I administer the test. I do the counseling pre and post test, and most of the people who are getting those tests, they're afraid. You know, and I always say, I say, you know, what are you afraid of? Well, what if I'm positive? And I and I always say, well, what if you're not? You know, what are you? You know, they they focus on the negative thing of being positive, and I always tell them, don't ever focus on a negative. You know, because if you whatever you focus on, whatever you set your eyes on, and you stay focused on, that's the thing that you're going to achieve. If you focus on something negative, you're gonna you're gonna achieve that negativity. You know, right. if you focus on something positive, that's what you'll do. That's that's what you'll achieve. That positive thing. You know, I do. A, I play a game where um, I get a broom, and I have the kids uh, write down, you know, a list of their goals, and they'll tape it to the broom, and then I have them balance that broom. And I tell them, look at the broom and balance it. You know, look at your goals and balance that broom. And I say, now look away from your goals and see if you can balance that broom. It's almost impossible. Because if you look away from your goals, you can't balance yourself. You know, if you if you set goals and then you turn away from those goals, you'll never achieve them. You know, and and the the thing about that that makes this that makes that comment so, you know, apropos for the show is that it's to you know, when you have those kids doing it, they're trying to balance that broom, they're trying to pursue the goal of keeping that broom in the air. So so the bottom line to that, Brian, is if you take your eyes off of Jesus, mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't even, I, I'm not even going to finish that. <laughs> you, don't have, you don't have to. <laughs> I'm not going to finish that. I, I, I don't, I, I'm going to leave that one alone. <laughs> you know, Greg, it's funny you say that because I, I, I was thinking that when you said it. And I said, you know, I didn't I didn't know how far how deep you wanted me to go on the show. And you know my my uh, acronym of deep is discover educate. And boy, I'm, I'm getting lost now. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't get lost. You know, because I mean I mean that's really that's really the whole point of the show is your pursuit should be of Jesus because he said, you know, look towards me. You know, he said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. And so if you seek him first, anything that you want to have that's in his will is achievable. Wow. So to the listeners and everybody else you've heard on the show that it's okay to be in the pursuit. It's okay to hold on to your dreams. It's okay to... uh, Fight for what it is that you want because that's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to earn it. It's not just going to fall out the sky for you. You're going to have to get out there and say, okay, I trust you enough that you're going to take care of me through this. And just like Charles said, it took him 20 years because our time and God's time is totally different. But in closing, uh, Terry, did you have anything that you want to share with, with us? We have about a minute left. As far as what would you tell your kids in your company, Power Behind a Dream in Dallas, Texas, what would you tell them if they're pursuing, when they're in pursuit? While you're in pursuit, don't give in to fear. And most people think that fear means false evidence appearing real. That's what everybody says. But God gave me a different definition the other day. He says that sometimes fear means the first emotion after revelation. And after something's revealed to you from him, our first instinct sometimes is to be fearful. Wow. And not to do that and just take the opposite approach and be courageous. Okay. Well, that's it for our show for tonight. You've been listening to the Abundant Solutions Hour, where our goal is to be more, do more, and have more. 
And please tune in with us next week. Goodbye. Thanks, Greg.